if you're running, you know, a financial institution or an education, it doesn't matter what it is. Yes, you, you have an expertise, you know the field, you know what you want to accomplish. And that's great. And you need to have that expertise. At the same time, we cannot limit ourselves to what we think needs to take place. That in those discussions, our intuition will often receive information from someone else to be open to what is taking place. Hi everyone and welcome to a brand new episode of All About HR. My name is Nelly, I'm your host, and on today's episode, I speak with Brian G. Bachon. Brian is the founder of Evolution Evolution. He is also a coach and advisor for leaders on a mission in their work and he is many other things and Brian and I we are going to talk about a topic that I'm personally super excited about namely intuition at work something that seems to be a topic that we don't uh, talk that much about in the workplace and that's exactly why Brian and I can't wait to get started on it before we get to our conversation though as always, if you haven't done so yet, subscribe to our channel, hit that notification bell and like this video. Welcome to another episode of All About HR. Brian, welcome on the show. How are you? I am wonderful. It is such a joy to be here today. We do nearly thank you for the invitation and what a gift to spend this time with you and your audience. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, Brian. And I mean, also organizing this conversation went so smoothly. It's almost like this was meant to happen at some point, wasn't it? I totally agree. You know, when things go smooth, I take that as a sign. It's like the hexagons in back of you. You know, they just fit together with ease. And that's the way it should be. Absolutely. Mm, now, Brian, I think what it could be really nice for our audience is if we could start with your life's story. And then in a nutshell, because I think we can talk about that alone uh, for hours and hours. But perhaps you can, yeah, you can share that with the audience as a starter. Absolutely. I'll give like the nutshell version of the life of Brian. So I was born uh, in Boston. So I'm American, and although I live in uh, Toronto, Canada right now, and grew up in Boston after university, I went on to graduate school, but it was in the context of the seminary where I went on to study to become a Catholic priest. And I was a priest actually for eight years, four years in a parish, which I really loved. It was amazing. And then the last four years, I was the private secretary, which would equal to be something translated to mean like chief of staff to a cardinal from the Vatican uh, and supporting his work. And it was an amazing journey, but intuitively and also just there was a sense as well in, inside that I wanted to bring my life, my mission, my truth into the world in a different way. So I freely resigned all in good terms. And I went on to New York City to become an executive, which continued on to be uh, work in Toronto. And then in 2019, just a couple months before the pandemic, I launched Evolution Evolution. And it's named Evolution twice as a nod to our natural evolution as humans 
but also that special evolution that we can personally own to follow our desires and to evolve into the person that we know we are destined to be. Wow. That's the nutshell version. I can go longer. That, no. <laughs> that, that definitely is the nutshell uh, version, Brian. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think so, one thing that comes to mind is that when you moved on from, from being a priest, or being actually like that, that analogy of being the chief of staff, so to speak, for, I believe, a cardinal in the Vatican, and then you moved on into the business world, I'm going to call it, in New York. What made you take that decision? Apart from mm. your intuition, I guess. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things I always say is, and this is something I work with my, you know, executives and teams, it always comes down to one very simple question. What do I desire? Because in our desires is the truth of what is seeking to come forward. And that relates to our professional life. It can relate to relationships. It can relate to what you might want for dinner to where you want to go on vacation in our desires is truth and that's what i asked myself i desired i felt the sense intuitively that what i was being groomed for for more leadership in a church and i wasn't unhappy in any way shape or form but i knew in my heart there was something else and I simply gave myself the space over a period of time to really sit with that question. What do I desire? What would my life look like? And it didn't mean I had to have all the answers, but I gave myself the space to be curious, to talk with a professional about that, to deal with some of the fears that I was that were coming up, because oftentimes with desires, there are fears attached. What are people going to say? How are you going to do this? How are you going to make money? And that working through that and not rushing it gave me the clarity on the right next action to take. And in the end, I knew it was to freely resign and to begin a new path. And I knew that desire was to land in Manhattan. That's the one thing I had super clarity on. No clue how and no way knowing how to do it. But intuitively, I just followed different aspects and it led me to my first job. Yeah, really, really, uh, really powerful story. And so then then you found yourself in Manhattan. You found a job there uh, in an entirely different environment. I would still then be curious to, to hear maybe a little bit more about what kind of lessons you could basically bring from your, let's say, former life into this, this new life in, in Manhattan. Mm. So, you know, I'll start with when I was looking for the job, because mm. I'm sure there are so many individuals that are listening right now that, you know, have had to look for a job, maybe they're considering a job move, and it's it's stressful. And especially where I was located, I was still fully involved in my role working for the Cardinal, but I was in a moment of transition looking for a job. And especially when you're trying to transition skills from one life to another is not easy. Now, I got some guidance on where to look. And what happened one day, I was, you know, I had a few areas that I was looking at HR was one of them. Fundraising was another. And I was on the phone with my sister and she's quite chatty. And I'm listening to her kind of just saying, mm-hmm, like you do sometimes when someone's talking. Yes. And I was on my computer and I was scrolling, looking at jobs in New York City. I think it was like on Indeed. And all of a sudden, this job appeared and it said Director of Corporate Development in Manhattan with the American Cancer Society. And I read the job description and I knew in that moment, I said, that's my job. That is my job. And it just... 
I felt it and I applied. And then I took the initiative that I also researched to find out who I thought might be the hiring manager to reach out to her, introduced myself. She responded back saying, I never got your application from HR. So it shows that sometimes you have to go around. And we had a phone conversation. Two weeks later, I was in New York City for interviews and I was offered the job a week later. And and it was, I had no expertise in fundraising, but they wanted someone that could build relationships and had drive. And I just knew that I was able to present that. And I think when you know that your desire has been tested, you've looked at every aspect and you're following the truth of the light of that, there's no way your intuition is going to lead you in the wrong direction. Mm -mm. And I knew that's exactly what happened. So literally two months later, there I am on 32nd Street in Manhattan, starting a whole new career in a whole new city. Fantastic. I really, really, really love this uh, story. And I, and I hope it will also inspire some people in our, in our audience, uh, of course. Now, Brian, I think we're, we're going to slightly uh, change tack a little bit here because we, we also want to talk a little bit more about intuition at work. Of course, I already briefly touched on this in, in my uh, introduction, but in today's often very data-driven world of work, intuition can sometimes almost seem a dirty word or at least something that we do not, that doesn't have a place in our professional lives. I think maybe we're going to actually say something different today, but still, um, yeah, this is, the, this is really something that I'm, I'm hoping that we can explore a little bit more. So perhaps we can start with what does intuition mean to you? So first of all, it's important to realize, you know, many people, when they think of intuition, they hear that, especially in a work context, they think it's, oh, it's some woo-woo thing. It's something coming from HR or wellness. You know, what does this mean? I'm about data science. Every single human being has an intuitive spirit within them. The only difference is some people are more attuned to listening to it and following it. Our intuition is always gathering information through what we hear, through what we see, through what we experience, our memories, experiences, and feelings. And all we need to do is tap into that at different moments. So I think that's really important. And I think the pandemic has paused humanity it has evolved. And that's why you hear more people right now about mindfulness, about the change in the work culture, because it's been more of an awareness of their inner intuition that's coming out of what they're desiring to do. So when I started at the American Cancer Society, it was in 2008. And in Manhattan in 2008, the one of the financial capitals of the world, my role was working with all the major financial institutions and getting huge money for different programs and initiatives. And in September of 2008, we look back in history, we know what happened. Mm. The economy almost collapsed. Wall Street took a dive. And all of a sudden, it changed overnight that all of my clients in my portfolio were saying, Brian, we no longer can fulfill that commitment financially. Millions of dollars were not going to be coming in. And there was panic. There was fear. But I had a moment after a big meeting one day of listening to my intuition that changed the course of the rest of my year. Yes. <laughs> and I'll tell you what that is. Yes, but I won't pause there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we had a uh, meeting one Friday. I'll never forget it. One of the most uh, kind of senior executives called all the people who were on the major front lines, kind of the, on the, the big portfolios into a boardroom. 
on a Friday. It was horrible. Friday, it was raining outside. I remember looking at across these buildings and the clouds and the rain was pouring down the windows. And this individual stood there and really kind of led with fear saying, you know, we're not getting the millions in, we're not getting this money, you're on the front line. If we don't get this, there are going to be massive consequences for our employees and programs, etc. And you could feel the tension when the meeting ended at six o'clock on a Friday night, everyone went back to their offices, you could hear just this stillness and the weirdness. And I remember going back and I felt peaceful. I don't know why. I just said, I've already made bigger decisions in my life. So I said, this is not going to scare me, mm. you know, but I remember thinking there has to be a new way of looking at this. I left that Friday night and that Sunday I was out for a run. And all of a sudden I remembered inside my desk in my office in New York, I had a stash of business cards that I had from people I had met. In those days we all had business cards. Mm -mm. And I remember this gentleman that he sat next to me at an event. He worked at one of the major banks and he told me that he had funds designated for diversity funds that he said, it's funny that they don't get used as much. And all of a sudden that card came to my mind and I said, I'm reaching out to him Monday morning. And I did, we had a meeting and I told him, I was thinking about why don't we create an event to have diversity funding for an initiative with the American Cancer Society. Long story short, it led to the biggest fundraising event that year within the organization of raising the most money for LGBT plus awareness of cancer. Hmm. It brought in new companies, new revenue, new sponsorships. It created new positions. The only role that created new positions in the company. And it all came from just an intuitive thought. He wasn't on my pipeline, my strategic plan and following that. Mm. And to me, that just affirmed whenever I have those nudges to always follow. I think what, what many of us perhaps have forgotten is how to recognize those nudges and then how to tap into those. Do you have some guidance when it comes to that maybe? Yeah, so I think, you know, our intuition is, is sometimes subtle, mm. you know? I mean, it's almost, imagine it's kind of like someone just tapping you on the shoulder gently. So you feel the tap, but it's up to you whether or not you're going to turn around to look who, who tapped you. But you felt it. You can either look or you can move forward. So we have to remember our intuition is going to give us sometimes an image. It can be like that business card. Like I asked the question, who else could I connect with? Who, there must be somewhere else. When you ask the question, you give it space. Oftentimes that's when things will come back to your mind as an image. You might get a feeling. You might be speaking with someone and someone will say a name, like they could be saying, oh, I was in conversation the other day with my friend Jack. And all of a sudden it might come to you like, oh, I should reach out to Jack Smith. I never thought of contacting him. Like I said, our intuitions are always gathering. And what will happen is there'll just be that little pause. You'll just feel it. And that is always an indication that you need to pay attention to it. And what happens like anything in life, you become more confident when you follow it and it leads to something. So when you follow it and it leads to something proactive, then when you have that again, you're more inclined to follow it without doubting it. Our logical minds are the big speed bump that usually hold us back. Totally. And the, I mean, 
I guess this is something that the more you practice this, as you said, you know, the better you will you will become at recognizing it and then listening to it and trusting it. But do you have any maybe any tips on how we can try and practice this on a, on a daily basis? You know, absolutely. So I'm all about simple actions lead to significant outcomes, and so one of the best ways to do that is literally just to quiet yourself down even if it's just for two minutes you know it can be like let's say at home it could be before you get out of the car to go into the office if you just quiet yourself down take some deep breaths in deep breaths out and just do that a few times right away it brings a very peaceful relaxed sense to your system and sometimes you can just ask a question you know let's say you're dealing with a pro a problem with a a colleague and you have all the data but you you still it's still not moving forward of you know i've helped them on this i've tried this you can say what is the next right thing or action I need to do. And sometimes as you're quiet in that moment, something may come to you as I articulated earlier, or it may be after you finish that, an hour later, something will come to your mind. You have to allow that quietness to hear. And, and I think that's why you know, the pandemic, more people are open to listening because things got quiet. And the more noise we have around us, the harder it is to hear. So that very simple technique is very, very powerful. The second thing is at the end of the day, many people keep journals, right? A gratitude journal, writing down what they're grateful for, etc. You can also do an intuition moment as well. Where did you follow your intuition that day? It can be very simple things. And if you start to write it down, it can be from simple things of, gee, I thought of so-and-so when I was in the office to stop by her, to stop by. And I'm so glad I did because she's really been struggling because her her mother died. And I, I just got a sense that she might have been sad and she really was in a tough place. I'm so glad I followed it. Writing those things down can also help you be more attentive. Those are two simple ways. There's a lot more, but those are two simple ways to start for anyone who's looking to go deeper. I think these are these are great ways to, to get started as well. Thank you so much for sharing. And I think the stillness, this is very true, what you said. There's, there's, there's just a couple of minutes a day. And I think uh, on a bit of a larger scale, this is what happened for a lot of people over the past two years, especially at the start of the pandemic, where a lot of people had perhaps more stillness in their lives and they started thinking, about their purpose and uh, alignment of their values with the company's values. And this is part, I think, of the reason why so many people then started looking for different jobs already towards the end of, of uh, last year. So I think that's that's a very interesting one as well. Yeah, you're so 1000% spot on, you know, and I think what happened is there were no interruptions, especially during the major lockdown periods. You know, you couldn't go out for drinks after work. You, you weren't able to go away. You couldn't just, you know, there were so many things that you were with yourself and that's where it started to grow. And that had a direct impact to work and the future of work and listening. People were listening for the first time mm -hmm. and now organizations need to listen. 
and how that works. Organizations have intuition as well. Yes, and and I uh, think we will get to that uh, a little bit later as well. But now, uh, talking about connecting with your uh, intuition and perhaps, you know, to give some people that might be in the audience that are perhaps a little bit more skeptical about our, you know, our talk about intuition. You work with a lot of different companies, Brian, and you talk with uh, many different people as well. So I would like to touch on what kind of things, beautiful things happen when people listen more to their intuition in the work they do? Uh, first of all, in terms of their relationships with colleagues, for instance. The more you tap into listening to your intuition, the more peaceful you are as a human being. That's the bottom line. And that is the number one foundation of what happens. Because our intuition is to help us live happy, aligned, peaceful lives. It doesn't mean that everything is. It doesn't mean there aren't hardships or challenges. But that is that is number one. Mm. That is what it helps us to go towards. Number two, I think it's really important. Some of the things I've noticed that the leaders I work with in particular that create the space for themselves to do some of that inner work, they're high, high performers are the ones that are able to make the greatest impact in their organization. And so one of the things I, I do in all my practices with, with leaders is I actually begin every session teaching them a breathing technique. And the breathing techniques kind of lower stress, they're scientifically proven, and it makes the space of our conversation that we have even richer because we're allowing more things to come forward. And even if they're trying to talk about growth of their company and how they're going to do it, that's great. But it always now creates an openness of really listening and seeing what's coming forward. And it's amazing. Oftentimes they'll say, gee, I've had this experience with this particular colleague and I'm seeing that I need to listen more. That's some of the things that come out of it. Or I need to think of this in a different way. This is an old system and I wanna try and help create something together to move this forward. So those are some of the ways that, you know, the leaders I work with and individuals that are being open and integrating that. And it has huge impact. It helps them have more clarity that even though they have strategies and pipelines and data, it actually affirms it and brings it even further. That's this beautiful interaction. I mean, then I wanted to also touch on in, you know, how does this help in terms of how the business performs? You mm -hmm. just touched on that a little bit, but maybe you have another example that you can share. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, so first of all, I mean, I, I, I work a lot with sometimes new CEOs. So CEOs that are now in a major role for the you know, for the first time in the C-suite. And I think one of the things that happened with one particular CEO is she was very clear about, you know, she had all the strategic plans of how they had to grow. There was a lot of demands from the investors where they wanted things to be. But she actually had a very beautiful approach. She said, I see the strategic planning that we're doing. They don't know this, but it's really visioning. She said, when I'm part of those sessions, I'm all about what is the vision that we're going for and how do we want to visualize that, attract it, and put into action what we're going to do. And it had a huge, 
huge impact of the individuals that were attracted to work for the company. There had been some retention issues and because of the way she phrased and looked at the vision of where things were going, it changed how they were attracting and engaging employers into the organization. Mm. And it just changed everything. A total, total 360. Brian, I'm I'm thinking that in an ideal world, if, if we can just, you know, uh, be very uh, optimistic here and uh, fantasize a little bit, how do you see or, or what role do you believe that our intuition should play in our working lives? How would you place that ideally? So the first has to be not poo-hooing it or saying it doesn't exist. So I, I firmly believe if you're running an asset management company, if you're running you know, a financial institution or an education, it doesn't matter what it is. Yes, you, you have an expertise, you know the field, you know what you want to accomplish. And that's great. And you need to have that expertise. At the same time, we cannot limit ourselves to what we think needs to take place. That in those discussions, our intuition will often receive information from someone else to be open to what is taking place. And I think in an ideal world, the more that leaders will maybe be at a meeting and say, wow, I appreciate all the data you've mentioned here, I see it. However, I just really feel that we need to look at this other opportunity. Or I really ingest, there's something I can't even pinpoint that we need to look at this more. Let's take a look at that. Let's be curious about it. The more that leadership mentioned that, the more that energizes those around them and to really look at that. Like I said at the very beginning, it's about the desire. Hmm. It doesn't mean you have to know everything, but you can test it. And I really believe the leaders who do that inner work, that are awakened, that desire to make that impact, they're the ones that will set that tone and demonstrate that and not be afraid that to mention it and to be open and curious. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And that actually partially uh, brings me uh, to to something else that I wanted to talk about. What do you believe companies and HR, perhaps in particular, because this podcast is called All About HR, after all, what can HR do and companies to help their employees with this? So one element, I guess, here is what you just said, the fact that leaders demonstrate this and that they mention it so that it becomes really ingrained in the culture and in the work environment. But Maybe there are some other examples that you came across. One of the biggest things is this. HR, there's the word human in it. So mm. put that first. And I really mean that. I know I'm not saying anything new that hasn't been said, but it's absolutely fundamental. Humans are engaged in companies and organizations and humans have evolved and they are different now than they were in 2019. And HR has to accept that, know that, and create an environment that brings that together. The old way of leadership, of kind of top-down approach, the old way of you know just having humans that are there, maybe having on their wall, on their website, these are our values, but not really living it. People aren't going to put up with that anymore. And HR has to realize that, embrace that, and create ways to make that a, a really fundamental aspect of the environment. So there are many organizations, and you're so well aware of this, and I'm sure so many who are listening are also doing this. There are wonderful wellness programs in part of companies. There's meditation available. 
there are yoga, there are all kinds of different formats. The more organizations that create that, bring that in in a holistic way, they are the ones that are going to be able to move forward. Those are the ones that are going to have an intuitive led approach that are going to be aligned with their people. And that's the future. And HR and not just HR, but all leaders, they need to embrace that. Mm. And that's what we're here for. Yeah. And then on that note, Brian, what can we do to try and, you know, neutralize the whole uh, poo-hoo that can be around, you know, uh, the word intuition alone at work? What can we do about that? Yeah. You know, I think one of it is, first of all, I think having this conversation on this platform is really great. I think oftentimes when, you know, topics like intuition come up or, you know, self-discovery, you think of people that are going to be like on a yoga mat with beads around their neck and, you know, kind of just in these flowing robes and, you know, drinking Tai Chi. And those are all great. I'm not, you know, there's nothing the matter with that. But I think having individuals like myself who were, you know, was an executive and others who are executives that speak about it and show how it impacted their life, their professional development, mm. their teams, that normalizes it. Mm. And, and it really brings it forward. So we need people to be ambassadors, especially those in organizations that, normalize it and speak about it that it's as natural as talking about oh, i'm taking my vacation yeah. or you know going for a I run in to... the morning exactly yeah. that oh yeah you know on thursdays is uh you know i i always do this wellness program or I, there's a meditation that i'm i'm really committed to the coming whatever it is it just becomes normalized mm -hmm. and it's not about religion that's the other thing too sometimes people think well i have i'm very devout to my well that's wonderful. That's that's beautiful. But this is about humanity. This is a human trait, mm. however you wish to interpret that. But this is just to normalize it. Yeah, great point there. I think it's 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 yeah, it's just about being open about it and sharing about it and normalizing it that way. That's 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 a good one. And I think it's something that everybody can do as well. It really starts with ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. One of the best, easiest ways to do it too. It was funny during the pandemic. I had a a client. It was a major international pharmaceutical company, and they were looking. You know, everyone was virtual, right, overnight. And you know, how could they? They were having team meetings, but it was, you know, heavy. It was heavy. So one of the things that we did is this particular leader was someone that was very in tune to who they were and their development and wanted to bring that into their team. It was a little nervous, actually. And I said, why don't you just start with doing a gratitude exercise at the beginning of your next team meeting? And I said, each person can either share, you can do two things. You can share something something in their life personally they're grateful for, but something they're grateful for in their work. And I said, and you started out and let the conversation go. That changed the team in an entirely new way. He said the conversations that came out, the, the things people said they were grateful for, things about work, appreciation. He said that was more powerful and had more design and input in their work than all the offsites dinners, mm. drinks after work, all these things. He said that changed. And 
gratitude is one of the best ways to start. Oh, absolutely. I mean, don't get me started on gratitude because <laughs> I think my colleagues also here in the studio will, <laughs> will, become, will become tired of me. But uh, yes, I couldn't agree more on that one. Thank you, um, Brian. Now, this brings me to uh, one of my favorite parts actually of each episode. And this is the part where I ask my guests about what they believe is the biggest cliche out there about HR. So let me start uh, with that one first. They're a hold up. HR is a major holdup. You know, I think mm -hmm. that's probably like the biggest thing. HR is they're a roadblock. They're mm -hmm. a roadblock, which, you know, HR has, thank goodness for HR, because in many ways, they are the ones that help prevent risks and a lot of issues. But I think most people see HR as a major roadblock, not on their side. And it's a battle every time you cross that threshold to go in to speak to them. Yeah, I think that's a good observation there of a cliche indeed. And then another thing, Brian, is I always like to ask if there's an epic win and an epic fail that you would like to share. Can be anything, mm. can be personal, can be professional, can be a combination, anything you are comfortable with. You know, I would say probably in the biggest epic wins personally for me and this ties into our conversation today about desire and intuition was um, I had been a partner in a firm, uh, decided to leave, decided to go out on my own. And I thought I was going to get, have my company up and running in no time. And to be honest with you, it was kind of, I was kind of a hot mess for a couple months. It was the first time in my life that it wasn't clicking it, and I wasn't sure. And finally, someone said to me, Brian, give yourself some time. And really, it was my ego that was in the way because I felt, oh, I have to have this up and running to show everybody what I've done. The New Yorker in me was really driving it. When I gave myself the time, I asked myself that question, what do I desire? And I desired to travel and a desired to go to a place I'd never been and a desire to do a retreat. So I went to Australia by myself. And the biggest epic win was I did this wellness retreat for seven days in, um, in Queensland, Australia, and it was hiking and all this organic food and meditation and beautiful spa. And that week of that space created the space with clarity of what to do next in my creation and gave me so much joy. And that was one of, one of the greatest epic wins personally that to mm. this day, still influences my work and inspires me. So that is one of the things I'm really happy about. Fantastic. Yeah, that really is. It made me think of those two minutes. To take take those two minutes a day or, you know, a few minutes a day. But this was basically those two minutes in, in you know, enlarged times, uh, times, let's say, hundreds. And let's see and, and look at what a beautiful result it actually is. Yeah. Uh, uh, brought you and still still brings you. Yeah, and it doesn't mean, I mean, it's not something you do all the time, right? I mean, you mm -hmm. know, two minutes a day, those things are beautiful. But I think there are moments in life that you do need to take more time depending where you are and life experience, et cetera. But yeah, I was really grateful for that win. Well, thank you for sharing. And... Thank you very much for spending this time with me uh, talking about intuition at work, talking about desire. I really enjoyed the conversation. So thank you very much. Thank you. It's such a joy to be here with you. And thank you for all that you're doing to bring so many insightful conversations into the world. And it's just a joy to, to see that. And I wish you and your audience nothing but the best. And 
feel free for anyone who wishes to connect as well. Yes. On that note, by the way, Brian, if people want to connect with you, where can they best do so? So one of the best places that I'm super active is LinkedIn. So I invite you to be part of the community, as I call it, not just a network. I refer to the people that I connect with as my community. So I invite you to be part of that and join me there. Also, you can certainly connect through my website, which is evolutionevolution.com. A new one is about to be launched very soon. So uh, the one that's here is a little day, but a new one's uh, in the works. And really welcome to uh, hear from anyone that listened and uh, it'd be a joy to help you tap into your intuition. Nice. Thank you. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in today for this episode of All About HR. If you haven't done so yet, please don't forget to like this episode, subscribe to the channel and hit the notification bell. And then I hope to see you very soon again for a new episode. Thank you and goodbye. 